0: Welcome to Bible Fellowship Church's The Upper Room. Our podcast addresses the Christian's role in today's culture. We hope you enjoy it and find it informative. To help support our ministry, please consider becoming a subscriber and financial contributor. Links to donate are on our website at bfcforyou.org.
1: Now let's get going.
0: Welcome back to another episode of The Upper Room. I'm Andrew Kimball. I'm your host for this episode, which means we must be doing another interview because that's what they keep bringing me back for. Today, I have a special guest, Steve Sperlin, Dr. Steve Sperlin. How are you doing? I'm good. It's good to see you. (laughs) It's good to see you too. So you're here because right now during the week of us recording this, not necessarily the week that it's going to go live but there is a conference happening at our church uh it's i think i've been mispronouncing it i think i've been saying varsity but it's versity versity
1: yeah it's a it's a play and i just heard chris dr Cohn, explaining it's kind of a uh it it means absolutely nothing oh, okay but it's kind of a play on on uh what do you say virtual university so versity okay
0: Okay, cool. So you you're here. You're part of a a group that's here,
1: involved with that. Yes,
0: doing different different sessions over what
1: two three days. Um, technically it's three days or two and a half, I guess. But uh, the closing, I think, two sessions are going to be, uh, streamed video, uh, because the speakers couldn't be here, so they recorded theirs prior to the to the conference. Okay, gotcha.
0: Awesome. So that's a little bit about, you know, how we were able to pull this together and get to know you a little bit better. So let's just, let's just dive right into it. Let's just do a little bit of background information on you in general, and then we can kind of transition into uh, what'll be more of the main focus of this interview and and your ministry uh, with Versity and and outside of that. But let's, let's start with... uh, you, you know, are you married? Do you have kids? You're a little bit of your background, maybe growing up? Whatever you feel comfortable sharing.
1: Okay. Yeah, um, well, might as well start at the beginning. You know, I was born to a military family. My father was in the Air Force for 20-some-odd 20, 20 years, and uh, I was born in Washington, D.C., and eventually uh, wound up in a little town in Arkansas called Gosnell, Arkansas. It's right across the street from Blyville Air Force Base at the time. So I grew up uh, with the benefits of, of being able to access the Air Force Base. So I spent a lot of time on the Air Force Base and great uh, little public school there. Um, just a really good upbringing. My parents were Christians, so I was brought up in a Christian home. Went to college, uh Played some small time college basketball at a little place, Williams Baptist College, in a little town of Walnut Ridge, Arkansas. Met my wife there. Uh, first day we got to school, we met, been together ever since. Wow. So basically, I guess you could say we've been married about, well, been married 34 years, but been together 35. So it's um, impressive. Yeah. Her name's Cheryl from a little town called Batesville, Arkansas. Two kids. Um, both born and raised in Arkansas. Um, My daughter, Cameron, 23, and just graduated uh, summa cum laude from, uh, or summa cum laude, I guess is a proper term, but uh, from uh, Lubbock Christian University. My son just turned 21 in February, and he's a a lead tech at a little uh, shop there in in Lubbock, Texas, which is where we live now. But he's uh, just a wizard with repairing computers and all kinds of stuff phones and all that um anyway so that's that's us we uh we I pastor Cornerstone Bible Church in Lubbock Texas been there 11 years this past June um you know just not a big church we run a, I guess on a good day we'll run 100 or so um but uh, been teaching uh bible for about 16 years or so as a pastor before that, I was a worship leader and a youth minister. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. You know, I, I spent several years traveling and singing before I went into full-time ministry. And, uh, you know, God really kind of, to get me into the pastorate, he kind of backed me into a corner. I've I'd, I'd done so many different jobs. I couldn't even tell you how many different jobs and things I've done through my life, but just never found any peace until i finally gave up and you know said you know whatever you want me to do i'll do it as long as you give me peace in my life so i wound up uh, going into full-time ministry
0: wow take uh, take us through that i guess through the how you ended up in full-time ministry what was the what brought you into that as we kind of transition into what what all that is
1: okay well the the long story that I'll try to make as brief as possible, you know, I started leading music in our church when I was in eighth grade. Okay. And um, wound up going on a little revival tour with, a, with an evangelist uh, the summer between my eighth and ninth grade year. And uh, during that time, my brother was a pastor. And then watching this man preach every night, um, just really, I decided I wanted to be a preacher. But I also loved basketball. So I decided, got you know, when I got back home, it kind of died down, and I wanted to be a professional basketball player, which obviously didn't work out, but <laughs> at least I got to play some college ball. But uh, So I put all my focus, every waning moment of every day was focused on basketball. I got a scholarship, played a couple years, and, and wound up leaving the team, and then uh, I'd been singing my whole life since it was, I started singing when I was 10, singing in public. And decided, well, okay, I'm not gonna play basketball. I'm gonna be a professional singer. I'm gonna make it on the big stage. Moved to Nashville for a little while. Got to sing with a lot of big name people, um, in Southern gospel and contemporary music, uh, but never quite uh, got where I wanted to go. Kind of right. gave up on that. Um and so I in in all that time I just had job after job after job. You know, I'd find a job, I'd keep it for I think Max at the time, I kept a job for about a year and a half, wow, yeah, so I jumped from job to job. My poor wife <laughs> had a lot to to put up with, yeah, um, you know, finally, when my daughter was born, I'd moved to Memphis for a little bit to sing with the group there, and we were doing some traveling, but that that wound up you know petering out after a while and got uh went in got a job in a factory just doing grunt work because I had no skills other than I've got, you know, I've got a couple of undergrad degrees that are basically useless. Right. So, and it, it was during that time where I just said, Lord, I will, I will dig ditches. I will do whatever you want. Just, I don't want to keep this, you know, uh, hamster wheel going. Right. You know, I'm I'm running, running, running. I'm not getting anywhere. So just, I'll, I'll work right here in this factory doing this menial labor if you'll just give me some peace in my life, you know, and so he did, and and then doors started opening for me to go into um, full time ministry, and so through that I, I took a little job at a at a little church doing uh, um, the music and youth, and then another church, and that's when the desire to teach really began to to build, and 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 through just uh, you know God's providence, I came across Tyndall. Seminary okay. uh, in uh, Fort Worth with Dr. Couch, Dr. Mal Couch, the founder. And through that, you know, I, he mentored me. And then Chris Cohn, the gentleman who, who's really the, the brain, brain trust of this Agathon EDU that birthed Versity and Colorado Biblical University. He was a mentor. And just, you know, through that, uh, I got my teaching opportunities. I, I had my first pastor at a little church in a little, little bitty town of Viola, Arkansas, and um eventually made my way to Lubbock, Texas and been been there for eleven years. So I've been teaching I, I was teaching for Tyndale for a while. We we haven't had any of those courses at our church for a while, but I taught there taught for them several years and uh now teaching for Versity and for Colorado Biblical University.
0: Wow. That's uh it's quite a journey. It's pretty impressive. Did you say depressive? It can be
1: if you take it the wrong way, but yeah. No, it's it's
0: <laughs> a, it's impressive that uh, where you ended up and that how long you've been been going there now, and yeah. I guess I guess you found that piece that you were looking for. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, there are, obviously it's a, a ministry, like every I hate to say it like this, but like every other job, which I mean, it's a job, but it's a ministry, right? And technically, I think every if you're a believer, everything you do is a is under the ministry banner. But anyway, you know, so you have you have your ups and downs, your struggles, you have to deal with people and sometimes it's not pleasant and can be difficult. Right. Yeah.
0: So you've done a lot of teaching. Um what what is it that you're doing currently? What is your, your ministry currently that you're involved with right. or working on?
1: Well of course, you know, I'm pastoring the church. That's that's yep. my full time gig um, but I'm, I'm working on getting, trying to work on getting, getting classes ready for varsity, but also I'm trying to get a men's ministry up and running at our church. Okay. So I've been doing a lot of work researching in that. And, uh, and that, those are my main two. I still, I also, I, I lead worship at the church. We don't have a worship leader. So I, I still lead the music and, and teach. So a lot of hats, uh, a lot of hats, uh, what, uh, I'm not sure which one fits, but I have a few. so
0: What is it about men's ministry that?
1: Well, you know, the men are the backbone of, uh, of culture. Um, if you have strong men, strong believing men, you have a strong family. If you have a strong family, you can have a strong community, or you have a strong church, and if you have a strong church, you can have a strong community. I don't think we're going to change the world to make it anything like the kingdom that's, that's to come, but I do think that we can uh, be that uh, restraining influence on the evil in the world if, we, if our men are strong, building strong families, which build strong churches, which make the community stronger. So that's, you know, men are kind of left out of things today. Everything from the way the church is decorated you know, making it feminine and attractive to even the music that's done sometimes right. is so lovey dovey, touchy feely that you know, men are turned off by that sometimes. And so I really want to focus on discipling men and helping them become mature believers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And that's one of the reasons that that kind of stood out to me is because that's similar things to what my dad is always talking about. He's very passionate about trying to make sure that, you know, we're doing. He does a men's study here at our church, usually two times a year, you know, for six to eight weeks kind of thing. So there's okay. no, not a lot of burnout or anything like that, but it's, I can tell it's very heavy on his heart too, the whole, exactly what you just said about creating that strong backbone. And so that's why it kind of jumped out at me. I was curious to get your thoughts as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's just really, it's really important because the men are supposed to be the leaders in the home. And most of us are just not equipped to lead our families in not just helping them maintain the straight and narrow, but teaching them. I mean, actually teaching them and helping them to learn how to teach themselves. Yeah. And we're just not equipped to do that. It's not something that comes naturally for most of us.
0: So you're you're kind of in the, the early stages of, of working on some sort of a men's ministry, a men-centered yeah. uh, ministry at your church? Yeah. That something you're doing, like locally through your church for your congregation and community, or is that something that you're trying to like similar diversity or something try to make more widely accessible?
1: I would like eventually. I would like for it someday to be more widely accessible, but but you know we have to
0: start where I am. Start at the ground level. Yeah, 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 it
1: makes sense. I
0: guess that's that's kind of your what you're looking forward to. Your like what you're working towards. Are there? any other things that are kind of in the pipeline or that you guys are, are working on that you're hoping to see come to fruition in in the future? Like, what do you think uh, is in store for you down the road?
1: That's a good question. And one that I can't answer. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, just really don't know. So it's kind of the whole one, one day at a time type thing. So I've never been one in interviews for a job you know what are you where do you see yourself doing in five years? <laughs> uh, hopefully, I'm still breathing and you know, right. <laughs> Just still moving. But uh, as far as career wise, I don't know. I just I can't I can't do that. Might it's, have three different jobs, but uh, you never know. I've, I've uh, <laughs> when I was at that little church in Arkansas, I had four jobs. So at the same time, uh, or at the th- same well, time? Wow. Yeah, I was doing four di- four different things at the same time. So, sounds yeah. rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, looking back, it it was kind of busy, right? I um, guess when you're in the moment, stressful. you might not. Yeah, a couple of the jobs didn't didn't take up too much time. Uh, one of them was seasonal, so that wasn't bad. But uh, the rest of them were year round. But I don't know. I did it.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're you're here to tell the tale. Yeah. Well, since this uh, this interview is taking place during this Versity Conference. Is there anything that you would want to talk about or touch on about that specifically or your
1: role in that, you know, go a little bit more in depth? Yeah, um, well, my my topic, my main topic is uh, just uh, transformative communication and ministry context. And so basically just discussing uh, what it is to communicate, what it is that we, we need to communicate. Obviously, um, it's the Word of God. Um, part of that is, is uh, teaching, like I said, Paul tells Timothy you know, to, to be sure to pass this information, this truth on to faithful men who can in turn pass it on to other faithful men. So that's, that's part of my focus. is uh, um, It's not just the pastor's job, but I need to help equip the men so that they can learn themselves and then they can turn and pass it on to someone else. That's, I guess you might say that's the thrust of that talk. And then last week, last minute, they asked me to do a talk on uh, 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 communicating through music. Mm. So um, that's, I-, I told them I'd do my best to put something together for that, but I uh, couldn't guarantee anything. So I'm still working on that. But just, I think we should, su- it would suffice to say that the music in the ministry, uh, in, in the, the music communicates. We we know that. And so we have to, we can use music as a tool within the body of Christ to communicate truth, just like the pastor standing up and teaching from the word music, I think on, a, on not on the same level as the pastor's teaching, but uh, at least uh, with the same goal as the pastor's teaching, is to, to pass on truth. And we have to be careful the lyrics we use and Things like that. So the whole conference is about uh, leadership communication. Yeah.
0: This might be a, uh, you know, a deep can of worms or maybe not, but like, what, what are your thoughts on kind of contemporary Christian music?
1: Look at the time. <laughs> well, um, I think today's contemporary Christian music is shallow and I don't listen to it. It just it immediately turns me off. Now, there's some bias there, I think, on my part. Not because I'm against contemporary music, I sang it for years. Right. Uh, of course, the contemporary music I sang was, you know, it's been, I don't know, 20 years since I did. But um, so it was a little different back then, but I don't think a whole lot. It's just, it's a lot of it's just empty. Um, yeah. Simple and repetitious. Simple. Yeah. Repetitious. And there's not necessarily anything wrong with repetition. Right. But, um, I think some of the repetitions just because they can't think of anything else to say. Got to fill three minutes. You got to fill three minutes. Yeah, and and um, I don't like it. I mean, I'd I'd rather listen to to eighties, you know, cl- classic seventies, eighties rock and stuff like that than to listen to today's contemporary music, because you they they sound like they're trying to mimic the people on pop and R and B and all that. And, yeah, and although some of them are are good. They just, it's like cookie cutter and it's, it's boring and it's, it's derivative. Yeah. It um,
0: seems manufactured. Manufactured. No, that's a good no passion. That's a good way to put it.
1: Yeah. And I listen to, you know, you hear people that can do all of these, these runs and things with their voice and they think that's soulful. Right. But then I can listen to somebody like uh, Brian uh, Duncan or Bob Carlisle or, or somebody in that vein and they don't do the same runs, but they have soul yeah. in their voice, you know. Um, and they have soul in the music they sing. There's there's a passion, and there's you, they mean it, right? Whereas a lot of this other stuff just sounds like, "Hey, I'm you know, hope this gets on the top ten or you know, top one hundred or whatever." And it's just it's just boring and it's empty. Yeah, I've.
0: Similar thoughts, that's why I asked, because I was curious <laughs> to see if we lined up, and it, that's exactly how I feel about it, too. So, I don't know, you know, what what needs to happen to change that. I guess someone that actually cares about the music yeah. needs to
1: rise to the top, but, you know, that's yeah.
0: easier said than done.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, even a guy like Stephen Curtis Chapman, when I was in college, he was he was just coming out right. and getting big, and so I had his first couple, you know, albums, and... uh he doesn't have, he, he's incapable of doing these runs and these fancy things people can do with their voices nowadays, but yet you can sense the depth of soul. I mean, not as in soul music, or right? Anything like that, but the, you could, you can sense that he he's, actually had a genuine a, passion. A, yeah. And there's a connection. BB and CC Winans, I mean, they're oh, two of the best singers you'll ever hear, I think. And they don't even do all these fancy runs like they do nowadays and yet they have so much passion and 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 some of their songs are just so full of truth and it's just you know the way i think of it it's it's thick right you know the passion and the truth all together uh and it's meaningful but today it's just so much it's just really void of any passion and maybe i'm you know i'm i'm sure i've got some bias there but yeah we all do yeah but
0: that doesn't mean you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, is there anything else that you want to to mention or say about, you know, your ministry or maybe about how this the conference has gone today, or anything that you want to say in closing before we kind of wrap this up? I'll open the floor to you one one last time for whatever might be on your mind and then we can we can call it. Okay. Uh you know, I'm just really
1: excited to be working with Agathon EDU versity uh dot com people can see us there or uh Colorado Biblical University. Um <laughs> unfortunately right now I'm drawing a blank on the website. I think it's Colorado dot dot com or something like that. Um haven't got our accreditation yet. But mm. yeah, I'm excited to be working with these guys, some great teachers. And uh whenever they'd like me to come do this kind of stuff, it just I, I it's kind of a family affair. Uh Chris and John and I are real close and so We just enjoy being together. And this is especially good because I was able to bring my wife with me. So, Hmm. Um, But, yeah, you can look us up on those sites. You can look me up on uh, cornerstonebible.net. You can find all my teaching there. So if you ever need something to help you go to sleep, just look that (laughs) up, and, you know, it'll knock you right out. So that's about it.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to, to talk to us and let our audience get to know you a little bit better in closing out I just want to ask you know if you you out there listening if you found value in this if you like it if you enjoyed it please share it with a friend you know go and write a little review leave a, a rating if you can anything to kind of help us grow our our audience and, and reach more people and um
1: with that out of the way uh, would you be willing to close us in prayer sure Father, we love you and thank you for our time together and uh, thank you for the opportunity to do this. I pray that uh, you would you would bless this uh, podcast and the Upper Room podcast, Lord, and uh, pray that those who hear would be uh, edified by it and you would be glorified. And, and as we uh, enjoy this time together, that we would be encouraged to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today and found it thought-provoking. The Upper
0: Room is a Bible Fellowship Church production. The opinions discussed by our guests are just opinions and random thoughts at the time of recording and do not necessarily reflect the doctrine or stated beliefs of Bible Fellowship Church.